0: You asked him the how many if he's yeah. lost count. I don't know how many he has invested in, but I can tell you even I can tell you about one, yeah. and the reason that I can tell you about that one is that because of the way that Tom poured into him and discipled him and loved on him, that that man that young man then discipled my one of my sons. Wow.
1: Well, hey there, friends. Welcome to another exciting edition of The Link. I'm so glad that you've tuned in. I am so fired up about today's topic because I am passionate about discipleship. And that's what we're going to talk about today. When I say the word discipleship, what do you think of? We're going to drill into that. You know, it's been said by some that every Christian should be a disciple who is making disciples. And so today we want to talk about what does it mean to be a disciple and what does it mean to make a disciple? There's a lot of misunderstandings about that, but I hope that this conversation is a blessing to you. As always, I've brought some friends along who are much smarter than I am on these topics. First Tom Gitter, uh, many of you know and love Tom. Tom has played many roles within our church, but right now he's overseeing One of the most exciting discipleship movements at our church is called the Woodside Global 100, where we seek to launch out 100 next-generation leaders who are going to help to serve the global church. And sitting next to Tom is Gina Holm. Gina is an author. She has been such a blessing to our women's ministry. She works with Navigators, helping to lead up discipleship for women and uh, working with the local church there. Hey, guys, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, you know, I got to be honest, when I think about um, disciple making, and I'm not saying this just because you guys are sitting next to me, but when I think about disciple making here at Woodside, I think about you two, because I know that um, so many people have theories about it, but you guys are actually doing the work. And I'll start with you, Tom. Uh, Help us to understand what discipleship is in general, and how does that tie into maybe a biblical understanding of discipleship?
2: Sure. Appreciate it, Chris. Yeah, so disciple-making really is the idea that we are modeling what Christ uh, modeled to, to us in, the, in the, the Gospels, and then we're trying to translate that and helping others to do the same. So it's really understanding and knowing the Word of God and doing it. Um, it's real practical, though, right? So it's really about um, living life on life with someone and sharing with them the key things that, that, that Christ did um, and making certain that you're modeling it in your own life so they can not only see it, which will help them catch it, but you can talk about it as well. Uh, so people come from all over the way, place. A lot of people come to Christ and they're like, uh, they got to backpack Jesus. They sort of add Christ to their life. Uh, this is about DNA infusion. Right? We really want to become like Jesus. We want to be literally in, 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 empowered by the Spirit in everything that we do and literally live like Christ. And that's really what a Christian, the, the term means is to be Christ-like. And so that's really where we're headed with discipleship. So that's, that's not something that happens overnight. That's an investment that you make on another person's life, self-sacrificing. You're literally um, relational always, uh, organic, authentic, um, reliable, and sacrificial. It's kind of the elements that Christ demonstrated, and we see that all through Scripture. Uh, he walked with his disciples, sat with his disciples, taught his disciples, ate with his disciples. And that's essentially what you have to do. As well.
1: Yeah, I love that. And, you know, there's so much that you just said in that statement, but two things stand out to me. One is this thought of being Christ-like, right? Um, you know, to me, this is, as you said, a lifelong journey of uh, becoming Christ-like in every area of our lives. It's not something that happens overnight. Um, but it's different than just conversion. And a lot of people, I think, when it comes to the Great Commission, we think that the call is conversion, just to get someone to uh, come to an altar or to invite Jesus into their heart. Uh, but really, the call of the Great Commission is discipleship. It is this uh, adopting in the DNA Um, uh, the teachings of Christ and letting those out. Gina, anything you would uh, add to that at all?
0: Yeah, I mean, I I agree 100% with that. And, you know, like with Navigators, we always paint the picture of the disciple, disciple maker, right, which is a follower of Christ, uh, someone that is in the scriptures and living out the scriptures, not just knowing them, but actually living out the scriptures, uh, is seeking biblical community. You know, how do they embrace the church and fellowship with with other believers, but really going back also to having a heart for people. So how do we now then take what we know and, and take it out into the world so that others may come to know him, uh, and then as a result, we see spiritual multiplication, uh, right? So I I would say that the importance uh, of discipleship is because it's a command. Yeah. You know, you're, you address the, the Great Commission. It's not a question mark. It's not a, if you feel like it, it's not a gift that you need to develop. It's a command, right? Yeah. Jesus said, Matthew 28, uh, 18, Go. Go and do this. Go and make disciples. And in that, uh, the 19 talks about you know baptizing, so that public declaration of our faith, uh, the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Know who God is, yeah. right? And then, um, and then teaching them all that I have commanded you to obey. So as we are obeying God's calling in our life, how are we then passing that on to others? So how do we know what we believe, so that when we go out into all of the world? we can accurately share the hope that we have in Jesus. My favorite part about the Great Commission, really, because he starts it out with a with a command, but he wraps it up with a beautiful promise, and the beautiful promise of, and I go with you. That's I'm true. always with you. So it's not really up to us. We are just the vessel that God is using. Yeah. He is the one that is doing it.
1: Well, a lot of people, you, as you guys know, are intimidated by the whole thought or even word of disciple-making. And when you say hey, uh, multiplication, multiplying others, I think that's a place of maturing too. Mm -hmm. But I love that both of you continue to draw back to the Bible, right? Like the Word of God has to become foundational for what it means to be a disciple. As you said, Gina, not only knowing Scripture, but living it out, incorporating it into your life. Um, You know, I want to go further into how Jesus models this, but I guess real quickly for both of you, why is uh, the Bible uh, knowing and living Scripture so central or foundational to discipleship, Tom?
2: Well, you know, we got this great, uh, in Matthew 7, To right, talk about building your house on the rock, you know, and be able to withstand the storm. And if you've ever had a storm, we got more storms than ever um, in this culture we live in. And so we can withstand all that if we build our house on that rock, and that rock is Jesus Christ and it's the Word of God. Um, we otherwise you're build a house and, and they say the fall will be great. I mean, it literally says the fall will be great, right? And that will happen and does happen in this culture all the time. So it's really kind of central to the idea that um, what else do we stand on if we don't stand on the word of God and on Jesus as our model? The rest of it's all soft. You know, it says, uh, uh, says somebody said once, uh, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. And that's so true. And so what is the only thing we can stand for? And that's the Word of God and Jesus Christ. And so that has to be the central theme of discipleship. It is the central theme of discipleship. And it's actually got to be the central theme of everything we do.
1: Yeah, I, it's so, so good because if we build our lives on that rock, we're really building a storm-proof life. And you're right. We're in a day and age where there are so many storms. And uh, the Word of God gives us the wisdom, the strength, uh, the uh, intimacy with Christ to withstand those storms. So knowing it, but you also said living it, right? Because right. it's not just having the information or the notebook full of notes, right? Right.
0: right. Well, and, and One of the reasons we, we've talked about also is um, why is it important for us to continually be discipled, yeah. right? Is because we're continually being sanctified, like Tom said, into the likeness of Christ. Yeah. We're continually growing and um, you know, living out our faith uh, but I think that another, uh, to add to what Tom said, that is so important to, to have scripture, scripture be central to it is uh, I was reading in First Peter uh, this morning, and I was just reminded about the living hope that yeah, we have in Christ, yeah, yeah. right? So we have this world that is desperately craving for hope because of the storms that come, um, you know, and so why is it so important that it's, uh, that it's on Scripture is because anything outside of Scripture is false hope. The next storm will come and we'll knock it down.
1: Yeah. You know, um, so, yeah. You, think, you think about this, this whole thought of, you know, storms and, and needing hope and all of this is found in the Word of God. Mm-hmm. And what an awesome thing for you to say, hey, this morning I was reading, you know, what my prayer is as a pastor is that at any given point I can walk up to any believer in our church and say, what are you currently studying? You know, where where you add in the Word of God? Like our relationship with the Word of God should be daily. It should not be simply on Sunday morning. Sunday mornings are great. Follow along with the sermons, the devotionals. All our pastors love that. We want you to do that. But it really is uh, every day in the Word of God getting the hope that you need and building your life on that rock. Tom, when you think about the ministry of Jesus and how he modeled discipleship, uh, what do you glean from that? A lot of good things. Right? So Christ
2: was constantly teaching and modeling. You know, the entire Gospels are about the 12 guys that he had picked there. And, and he literally would teach them, model uh, uh, what he wanted them to become like right to them as he traveled life. He loved them profoundly, and we know he loved them all the way to the cross and beyond. And so that's something that you really have to understand, that most people don't really know a Christ-like love. And if we can model that to them, they begin to, to understand really what the Gospel's about at the heart. It is right? the love that God had for us and sent his son to die for us, Right. So there's a lot of things, you know, they, a lot of great connection and communication constantly. There's correction, right? There's reproof, and there's the idea that, that uh, we, we can love them despite all the good and bad that's going on in their lives, and we can walk them through that. You know, so there's just Christ did all of that for us, and ultimately he taught them to invite others and, and uh, into the process and evangelism, and so that's all part of that process. Evangelism really is just the first step of discipleship, and so it's the reoccurring step of discipleship. So you have, you have someone that becomes a disciple, they can, can invite others and, and become a disciple maker, and they start with evangelism.
1: Yeah, so you just combine now another ingredient with the word of God, and that is love right? And you said it earlier, that last quality is this love for people, right? And being a disciple, uh, a disciple maker, uh, that love is so important. And Tom, when I think about how you have lived that out, it, have you kept tracking your mind how many young people you have uh, walked with over the years, or have you kind of lost track? of Well, that?
2: God's privileged me. All I've done is hang out in, in first in high school ministry, and now with next-gen guys, which are most college students. And so I've been privileged to hang out with them. Honestly, more than a thousand that I've really gotten to know, and it's just a privilege because, really, the reality is that how are they going to know about the love of Christ? Well, first off, we model it, but then second off, we introduce them to Jesus, and, and we really the goal of discipleship is to have them fall in love with Christ, right? So when they fall in love with Christ, everything starts washing away. That's going to wash away sin. That's going to wash away all the despair and all the, the hopelessness that the world has offered because they've got complete hope in Christ and they've got perfect hope in Christ. And despair doesn't exist in perfect, perfect hope environments. So. Um, that's really kind of the central theme of all discipleship is not only loving them well, like Christ has loved you, right? We learn love from God, we can love others. But then to point them back to the real love source, which is God himself and Jesus.
1: You know, Gina, when I think of you, I think about all of these uh, young women in particular who have come to me and said, Gina has just poured into my life and she's praying for me and encouraging me. And uh, I know you carry them in your heart. I know there's times you're crying over them. But in many ways, because I know your story, I know it's because you were discipled. So talk a little bit about what it's like to be discipled, because a lot of people think of you as the discipler, but that's really because you were discipled. You have women pouring into you.
0: Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I often share that there's, there's, I'm so thankful because there were so many women that when I came to Christ just really surrounded me and, and really poured into me. And I said, you know, I needed a lot of them because... <laughs> we because all do. I we needed all. a lot of them, right? I, I know what changed on May 3rd, 1992. Um, and uh, so as I saw that and I saw... God's love, like Tom is talking about, really being lived out and sacrificially being lived out before me. Uh, You know, I think of uh, Tina Drake, who immediately invited me to open the scriptures. And every time that I would show up, it didn't matter what time it was or when it was, the scriptures were always open at her table. Um, You know, I think of, of another woman that when I needed to invited me to live in their home. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I, just as, as people, again, they didn't just know the scriptures. Yes. They were living them out. They were literally the arms uh, and feet of Jesus in my life. So I think that when we experience that, you know, our only response is is to give back a small portion of what was given awesome. to us.
1: That's awesome. And, uh, you know, as you said, Tom, it's challenging. Right? It's not just, you know, all roses and affirmation. There are times when people have to uh, tell you tough truth. You were sharing with me yesterday about a good sister in your life who says, I'm going to make a pot of tea, (laughs) sit down. And uh, really you know? sweet, but I want to oh, give yeah. you some hard uh, truth, yeah. right?
0: Yeah, and you know we have to be we have to be willing to welcome that. Yes, because that's part of that that's sanctification, okay. I mean, I I do every time. You know, and my daughter, I share with you the other. My daughter sees this, and what I love is my daughter, who is uh, uh, 14 you know, she's watching the women that are pouring in me and she can define them. She's like, yeah, yeah you're going to go and get a cup of tea. Uh, I'll be praying <laughs> for you. you know? <laughs> so awesome. eloquently, yeah. you know, but yeah. but that is, you know, we don't want just the, um, I don't want just the fluffy stuff. Yes. Um, so I want I want to be, I want to be discipled. I want to be in God's word. And
1: it's about the deeper life, right? It's about going deeper time. I know when you're meeting with uh, the guys that you're walking with, you, you know, you're not just, taking them through scripture, I mean, there's times when I've seen you with this huge, you know, Wayne Grudem systematic theology where you're taking them deeper. And, uh, and it's because uh, we really can grow. We really can go deeper. We don't have to stay in the shallow end of the pool.
2: That's exactly right. I think quite honestly, right, we all can experience when God shoved us in the deep end, right? And you learn to swim, right? So the, the, at the end of the day, right, I think we have to challenge others to grow. And absolutely. So Wayne Kudem is just one of the examples of, a, of a, 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 a Bible that's on steroids if in the yeah. sense of theology goes, and he's organized extremely well. But the idea is these are the questions of life. Like, yeah. you know, let's talk about salvation. Let's talk about Christology. Let's talk about these things. But it's way more than that, as we know, right? Yeah. So it's, it's important. You know, when you love somebody enough, they know you love them. Yes. You you got a lot of license there to, to speak in their life and to be truthful with them. But it takes that foundation. So this is not a short process. This is yeah. a walking alongside for at least a good season of life, if not quite honestly I've got, all my best friends are our former disciples, you know, the, yes. and, you know, they're all making disciples, and it's really kind of cool. So that is what the Bible's about. That is what the church is about. Sure, a lot of other things we do, but disciple-making is, is the outcome of, of the Great Commission, which is the outcome of what the church is to do. You know,
1: let me just say, for those that are Woodside or whatever church you're at, is that the desire is that we would not just live on the fringes of the church, just attend or, as some have said, be consumers, take advantage of, of programs for kids or for marriage and, and not go deeper. The goal is to uh, really become a part of the community of faith, the community of believers, and to actually enter into discipleship relationships. I know a lot of churches like ours see uh, groups as that vehicle, uh, but ultimately beyond just groups, it's doing life on life in the context of what you just uh, talked about. Um, and, and when you do that, you're actually Uh, now being fruitful for the master. You know, one of the things that I find to be interesting is that in every other area of our lives, we're expected to grow. Like you couldn't be in your professional life 20 years, right? And uh, still live like you were day one when you started your career. You know, you're expected to grow as a parent. You're expected to grow in your academic life. Only in our spiritual lives do we give permission to people to be at the same point they were when they first came to Christ And the goal is uh, ultimately to grow. Um, Where do you find discipleship? If somebody wants to be disciple, what do you say to them, Gina?
0: You know, I would say, um, and it may sound very simple uh, for me, uh, when I really started seeking for people to to disciple me, I started looking at the woman around me. And I started looking at who was it that was, you know, loving her husband well. And that didn't mean perfectly, but loving him well. And, and who was it that, that was being faithful in uh, the raising of their children? So at each season of my life, I really just look around and I just say, who's living out the scriptures? Yeah. And, and then I do. I mean, it, it does take, you know, going and ask and say, would you spend time with me? Yeah. Um, and, and you have to be willing to, to realize that there might not be time with that person and not take it personal and then look around who is that person that is that is available Uh, but one of the things that I love about Tom and he won't tell you about this so I'll tell you about this Um, so uh, you asked him the how many if he's lost count I don't know how many he has invested in but I can tell you even I can tell you about one and the reason that I can tell you about that one is that because the way that Tom poured into him and discipled him and loved on him. That that man, that young man, then discipled my son, one of my sons. Wow. So, wow. and this was without even Tom knowing for a while. <laughs> just in that conversation, it came out that the fruit of his investment, yes. I got to see the front end of it, and and just the 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 extra fruit, um, you know. And and this gentleman to this day reaches out to my son, writes him like handwritten letters that's love. he's off in college and that's that's love, that's love. yeah and that's not because they, my kids always respond wonderfully <laughs> but because he just loves yeah. them well
1: right? you know you, now you're talking about multi-generational fruit and that's that's ultimately what we're going for and that's a beautiful story you know when i stand before jesus one day i don't want him to look at me and say man you squandered my grace what did you do with the grace that i've given you Hopefully, uh, as I stand before the Lord, there'll be a trail of people behind me uh, that can say that uh, we walked with them uh, until Christ was, was formed in them. I often think, Tom, uh, about this acronym FIT, that in order for a person uh, to be discipled, they have to be fit for discipleship. And, and that's an acronym I've always used, faithful, interested, and teachable. If, if you if you don't have those qualities, it's going to be hard for anybody to disciple you. If you're not faithfully showing up right to those opportunities, if you're not interested seeking it out, and if you're not teachable, then uh, you're not going to be uh, able to be discipled. So those are qualities that I think are essential. How does I know short-term missions have always played a role? Global missions is a passion uh, of yours. How does that play into disciple making for you?
2: Yeah, you know, I always tell people, you know, we really know that God's working through us when we engage in the impossible. We watch God do it through us, right? And so evangelism is a perfect example, right? We couldn't save anybody if we wanted to, right? But maybe Christ chooses to allow you to to be a harvester someday when when you present it. He uses you literally in that process. And you know for that other person's internality has changed and God used you as part of that process. So you know you're being used by God. You want to be certain God is using you? There's an example. The same is true with global missions, right? It's not something that comes natural to people. Let's, let's give up my life. Let me give up my culture. Let me give up, and then head out to the field to people that have never heard Jesus before, right? And places that are not easy to live and hard to get to and, and are dangerous, and, and yes, in fact, you might give your life, right, uh, for that. And so when somebody understands that, that we can actually give it all to Christ, and in fact, even death, right? If we, lo- you know, if we understand death, it's victory. If we understand death instantly with the Lord, I mean, this is not a bad thing. Not that we want to go out and get ourselves killed in the field, but if that happens, right if God actually privileges privileges you with that, that's amazing right so when we when we sit back and we see the opportunities to uh to the, the serve God, I think those get the ones that start moving out to our uncomfortable zone, move onto the edge, move into the impossible, and we watch God do that in our lives, and then we see really uh, growth that's kind of hi- hyper. Uh, Hyper-speed growth because we just we just have done something we couldn't do on our own and we can't even imagine doing it on our own.
1: I'm so grateful that um, the the global community is opening up again. Countries are opening up again. It is time to get back to the mission field uh, beyond our borders. So please, if you're a young adult, I want you to connect with Tom. In particular, if you sense the Lord leading you, giving you a burden for the unreached people gr- groups of the world. I also want to say thanks, Gina. Uh, for modeling theological training. So many of our women within our church have gone to Bible college or seminary. And I just want to champion that because so often there is this assumption that, well, theology is just for men. uh, But I want to make sure that we communicate that every woman, uh, every member of the body of Christ, man or woman, needs to have a deep theology, go as deep as you can in understanding the Word of God. Um, Gina, I'm going to ask you to close us in prayer. But before I do, Tom, I asked Gina, uh, what should a person do if they want to be discipled? But quickly, what would you say to a person who wants to start discipling? If they've not discipled anyone before, where would you tell them to start?
2: Well, I think, uh, first off, we just have to, to pray about who in our lives needs someone come alongside. So I think everybody would recognize somebody if, if they asked that question. I think that's a great place to start. This is not an exact science. This is about loving people. This is about spending time with them, about being sacrificial with them, and about just modeling Christ. So I think everybody that's a believer um, that has some level of maturity is able to do this. This is not like some special you know, divine <laughs> gift. This is about willingness, and and right. and, and quite honestly, we've talked about before. If we had everybody discipling somebody, and then somebody disi- then they all disciple somebody, we'll get this planet knowing and loving Jesus really hardcore fast. And yes. and so this has really got to be the entire body um, proper doing this. And and so I just say, start. Just start with somebody. Over a meal, over a coffee, just meet with them. And I think it's really that simple. And and God will give it to you. Obviously. Our groups ministry will help you there. Um, Our our adult ministry here will help you there. Global 100 is all about this. So there's places you can turn to to get more uh, information on it, but at the same breath, I I encourage you to start. Yeah,
1: I think I'm I'm so glad you talked about groups. Our prayer is that every one of our uh, members of our church family would be in a life group. And so maybe if you feel like I'm ready to walk with someone like others walked with me, maybe you can uh, start, take that first step in signing up to lead a life group. I think that would be great. Uh, Another great thing is just pick a book of the Bible and say to someone, hey, can we study through this book of the Bible, Gospel of John or Romans, Uh, If those are too intimidating, uh, start with something a little bit smaller, Galatians, Ephesians. But walking through Scripture with someone is a great first step. Well, both of you guys are a huge blessing uh, to me. Uh, Gina, can you uh, quickly pray for us?
0: Yes. Thank you, Pastor. I love to. Father God, we... um we do we love you we love you and we're so thankful for you and we come to you in the name of jesus and we're thankful for your grace and your mercy and your goodness and your faithfulness and lord as we receive that would you help us to be men and women that um that would take that out to the world uh that would share that with the world um and and lord would you help us to make your name known uh help us to equip um people to raise them up so that uh, they can go ahead and fulfill that uh, great commission to go and love the world and make disciples. Uh, Thank you for the promise that you go before us, that you are always with us, even to the ends of the earth. Thank you for this time. I thank you for our church and, uh, and their commitment to discipleship. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Amen. Well, I hope you've been blessed by today's program. Thank you again, Gina. Thank you again, Tom. Remember that he is with us. So when we uh, uh, sign up or commit to disciple making, it's not us doing the work by ourselves. The spirit of God is at work in us. Christ.